The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guests and hosts. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or... Buy yourself some nice, poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a crown vic. Oh, hey there. Can you believe the wait is finally over? We're finally back. How the hell are you guys? I hope you had a fantastic Christmas, New Year's, all that good stuff. Hopefully you opened your presents on Christmas morning and got a whole bunch of poorly made police memes merch. I'm sure it was great. Do you guys like that new intro? I'm a big fan. I may have turned up the Crown Vic a little bit too much, so let me know if it was a little too loud. But hey, let's get right back into it. So, your Sunday podcasts are going to be brought to you by the one, the only Officer Privacy. I've been talking about them for a while, and I talked about some personal stuff for me on the uh, Christmas podcast, which relates to Officer Privacy. And, and the bottom line is, in this this day and age, you don't want people finding out where you live, finding your house, finding your personal information. You know, you don't want people knocking on your door, and your wife and kids are there. All kinds of crazy stuff has happened around the country with cops when their information gets out and the head hunting's not going to stop anytime soon so get on there sign up protect yourself okay i don't know if you all know this but the owner officer privacy is pete james mr james served on an aircraft carrier in the u.s navy working as an intel specialist then he moved into law enforcement and uh, was a lieutenant when he left he's testified as a computer forensic expert in state federal and civil trials and is a skilled open source intelligence analyst with experience investigating thousands of criminal, civil, and corporate cases. Pete combined his law enforcement and online investigation skills and created OfficerPrivacy.com. So, this sounds like a dude you want taking care of your privacy, right? Check these guys out, OfficerPrivacy.com. And of course, I'll have a link on the description of the podcast and on the meme page, and you guys can click on that and get signed up. Before we get to the ban, I wanted to talk about Blue Falcon Court slash PMPM Court podcast. I got pretty good feedback from that, so I want that to be a regular thing. And my intent with that is the last Thursday of every month, I'll make that the podcast typically. But I can't do it without you guys, so at this point, I only have one case lined up for that episode, and it'll be the end of the month before we know it. So if you got, you're out there, you got some kind of dispute, it can be very stupid, as you can tell from the podcast before, hit me up. If you and your buddy can be on it, it takes a half hour, 45 minutes of your time. We'll get you in, get you out of there. It'll be a good time. So send me a message if you're interested. All right. Now we get to the band. I um, have a few new bands you guys may have noticed towards the end of the year. And I actually sat down and made a organized list. You're very proud of me in an Excel spreadsheet. So we're going to have in order of uh, the bands and 
a bunch of the bands have new songs too, so there'll be some more variety. So it's not the same, you know, five or six things over and over again. So we're gonna start out first on my list is Weekend Picnic and a song you guys haven't heard yet on the podcast, and that is Believe in Me. We'll be right back. Holy shit, I am a terrible host. I didn't even say who's on my podcast this week. I got a bike cop. We talk about riding on bikes and a bunch of other cool shit. All right. Weekend picnic, and we'll be right back. All right, and then the moment you've all been waiting for, really been waiting for since I've taken a couple-week break, I have Bob spelled with two O's on the podcast. How are you doing today, Bob, with two O's? Oh, I cut you off there, but sorry. No, good. Man, now I'm stumbling. Good in you. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, that's good. Hey, don't worry, dude. There's there's absolutely no pressure here. I'm only coming back off of a two-week break. And I'm trying to gain momentum. So don't worry at all about fucking up my podcast and my livelihood. It's no pressure at all. <laughs> all right. I'll uh, try to brush it off the shoulders then. Yeah, you're good, man. No worries. I, I forgive you. All is forgiven, my son. So, <laughs> Bob, with the uh, two O's here, God, it's going to be hard to do the whole episode. I'm going to slip up and say boob. But so you're a cop in the grand state of Michigan, and you're also the first that I know of bicycle officer on the podcast that's correct right that is correct okay so when we first started talking i got a, you know i was like oh cool this guy's like a motor cop and he's like no no i i ride bicycles and i was like oh <laughs> the word yeah, bike it, is confusing i think sometimes and i've had a lot of confusion with that too because they like people would ask like also you know you do any like specialty kind of things i'm like yeah i'm a bike cop They're like oh you're on the motorcycles i'm like no and it, I am the motor, but, you know, still two wheels at least. Yeah, it took me a couple of minutes to get that joke because you told me that too. I am the motor. And I was like, what? Is he just <laughs> saying like he's Ricky Bobby or what's, what is this guy talking right. about? Yeah. So before we really get started, though, is I need to know, like I ask all my guests, are you having anything to drink tonight? Uh, I, I debated on it. I've got some training in the morning. Uh, if I do, it'll be one, but I'll... I'll let you know, uh, but as of right now, it's just uh, some strawberry watermelon flavored water. That's very healthy of you. You know, you're <laughs> not a real cop until you show up to training drunk. Allegedly, yeah. that's <laughs> happened a few times and people got in trouble for it. Anyway, I am proud to announce on this podcast that I have come across my favorite beer. I have somehow magically acquired Tim Yingling. Ooh. I will be drinking some fucking yingling and then uh, I've got some rum and coke and I got to give a shout out to my little brother who bought me Ron Rico rum for Christmas, which is essentially bottom. He spent like $8 on me for Christmas, but it's okay because I love Ron Rico rum. So. Hey, if it works, you can't really complain. Yep. Oh man. I can't wait for this golden nectar of yingling. <laughs> oh, I'm real jealous of that. Uh, as far as I know, if it hasn't made it to Michigan yet. Oh, it really? It hasn't? Oh, man. No. 
it's I think Indiana and I believe Ohio as well. But yeah, they're just I mean, I guess Michigan is kind of known as the beer state as of I know a few years ago we were, but I don't know. We all thought that Yingling didn't want the competition or something, but we still want it. Have you ever had Yingling? Oh God, yeah. Okay, so you know. See, I it, wonder it if I was gonna say I wonder if they only bring it to states that have winning football teams. That would make sense. Well, then why would it be in Ohio? Well, anyway, enough about beer and uh, sports ball. Let's talk about you, buddy. So how long have you been on the job? Oh, on the job, just about five years. Um, been just kind of doing general patrolling through that. Nothing really too special. It wasn't until uh, I'd say maybe two years on, uh, got offered to um, – to join the bike team and I was like sure it's kind of something different to do it's not a common thing at least so I joined on did that for a couple years then at that point my lieutenant's was like hey we got uh pretty much just a uh instructor position open you want to go I was like yeah that sounds awesome so I went to that it was actually tougher training than I expected um we had some guys fail out of it uh so we had 15 or 16 to start and graduated 12 or 13. I know we lost two or three. I just can't remember the start points, but yeah, ever since I've trained, man, at least close to 30 different individuals, not just through my department, but others as well. I guess we'll, we'll jump around a little bit, but bike, I've heard the bike class kind of sucks ass to actually do shit on the bike class. Oh yeah. And, yep. you know, like I had a buddy that he did it just to try and get into a special assignment. And then he ended up not getting into the special assignment. He's like, that sucked because I don't <laughs> even fucking like riding bikes. But I assume for dudes that like riding bikes, it's pretty fun. Well, for me, it's like I just wanted to join it just as, like I said, just something different. Um, it probably been at least 10 years prior since I've ridden a bike. So I was like, yeah, it's going to suck, but we'll see what it is then. Yeah, our, our basic school, it's uh, we had some trail riding going on, which kind of sucked. We had uh, a 10-mile bike ride, or no, 10, no, 20-mile. Yeah, I don't know why I thought 10, but 20-mile bike ride. So, yeah, it, your, uh, your ass tends to feel uh, pretty sore during that week. Well, I mean, it's really no different than, uh, you know, if you're a proactive cop and you're constantly getting called into the office. So it's, it's about the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, in your department, and obviously I'm not going to dime you out, but the bike unit in your department, is that just like you're on patrol and you have like a bike in the trunk kind of thing? Or do you, because you're in the bike unit, do you do things outside of normal patrol? So it's kind of a mix of both. Um where I'm at specifically, I actually haven't. So we've got our regular uniforms and our bike uniforms. I can't tell you the last time that I've worn a regular uniform because I've been on bike patrol all year round. Um, however, there are times where we get requested by other departments, uh, the bike team specifically. So we'll end up, uh, you know, some guys will have the bike just uh, maybe in their home garage hook it onto their cruiser and go home or go to the, wherever they're called. So it, it can be a kind of full-time gig at the same time. It's kind of a on-call sort of deal. I gotcha. So you're up in Michigan. 
and you know you said it's like year round it fucking gets cold in michigan right oh yeah uh last time i was patrolling uh i saw nine degrees and you're riding a bike in nine degree weather that i am that's <laughs> fucking stupid you hear heard it here first on my podcast that is fucking stupid and i agree but you know what it, the way i see it is being an instructor it's a just kind of great training uh first of all if you can maintain your composure on a little bit of not you know sheets of ice but you know you regain your balance or whatnot makes you so much better during the summer fair enough i mean you know i guess it you master your craft so to speak if you're doing that shit all the time before yeah. we get like hardcore into the bike stuff, because I got a bunch of questions and Instagram has a lot of questions. Let's talk a little bit about policing in Michigan. So I, you know, I guess I'll just hit it right off the bat. Something I like to ask is, is the job dead in Michigan? What are your thoughts on that? It, it varies. Um, I'd say it kind of varies by county. Um, there's some kind of out there counties that, the prosecutor won't even accept uh, assaulting police officer charges if the origination of the uh, the contact was not enforcement uh, related. So if you just find a guy passed out on the street, you go to check on him, check on his well-being. He gets up and he starts threatening, you know, whoever. And you're like, hey, man, you know, can't be, you know, try to call him, calm him down and whatnot. And he ends up assaulting your partner. Well, yeah, the charges got dropped. But other than that, I'd say for the most part, it's not dead. Some areas do suck, I will fully admit. But overall, it's not thriving, but I wouldn't say life support either. Unfortunately, it's just crazy that laws change from county to county. I get state to state, things will change. And even, you know, state to state where maybe you're in different U.S. court districts, you know, yeah. things are a little bit different here and there, but it's, it's crazy county to county, you know, each prosecutor has their, I guess there are different ways of doing things and they're, you know, how they see the law. It's wild to me. Oh yeah. It, and it, it's like, I've talked to, you know, with being an instructor, I've talked to a lot of guys throughout the state and yeah, some of the stuff that they've had to deal with is just, it's dumb, just how some of these prosecutors are. Like uh, uh, one guy I talked to, he said that he actually got uh, punched uh, by a guy that, you know, active R&O and um, prosecutor sat there and told him, well, you know, cops are trained to take a couple hits and drop the charge. <laughs> See, and that's, you know, that whole line of thinking is just incredible. Like we're, I don't know, man. It's like kind of to me, like a big viewpoint on how society is these days. Well, you know, it's, it's okay. And you know, it's that whole, that argument, like, well, that's what you signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, oh, let's just play, um, play devil's advocate here. Okay. I can see that argument. That's what I signed up for. That doesn't mean that them doing that isn't, unlawful now i mean that's just ridiculous and it would drive it would kind of drive me nuts i get so here's i don't know if you go to hospitals very much but so you get these calls at hospitals where you know maybe like a, a mental hospital where they're like yeah this dude's crazy can't make his own decisions but he hit me so i want to press charges 
I always thought, okay, that's ridiculous because you're telling me this guy is like mentally not culpable, but now you want to press charges. Like it doesn't make sense in my brain. I'm not saying these people deserve to get beat up, but I'm just trying to look at it logically. Like, right. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Doesn't understand his actions. Why should I be charging him with a crime? That's why he's in a mental hospital. Um, But then the other part of it, you know, you would get like nurses and doctors beat up in ERs and it's not somebody like that. And guys are like, well, you know, they work at the hospital. And when I say guys, I mean, cops, well, they work (laughs) at the hospital. You got to expect that happens. No, no, we live in a, a supposedly a civilized society. You can't just go around throwing hands because you're upset. Right. And I, I get that. And, you know, I had a, a buddy who he's a, a, I think he's a nurse now, Immerse. but he, yeah, <laughs> immerse. Um, but when he was working at a, a nursing home, there was a, one of the residents there that ended up, um, punching him, I think, or I, I don't know, just basically having a dementia moment. He, he ended up yeah, getting punched and the nursing home just like, Hey, you know, thanks for helping with that. Here's like a, you know, $300 gift card to Walmart. I mean, I'd be okay with that. It's guy has dementia. I get 300 bucks. I go get an ETV. It, that's literally what he did too. <laughs> <laughs> Good <man. laughs> well, yeah, I, I just sat that bad and, boy for a while. Yeah. I, I don't know. I heard that and I'm just like, man, I, yeah, that's cool and whatnot, but maybe just, you know, the standpoint of my job, like, I'm just not comfortable with that. It's like someone punches me. I mean, I get circumstances, but God, it's so hard. I think we have to, we have to look at it circumstantial too. Like, you know, let's say we go to that call when I say we cops, not me, but former me, I go to the call and you know, some old guy at a nursing home punches me and he has dementia. I don't think he, I don't think he should be charged. He has dementia. He's in a nursing home. He has, you know what I mean? What, Oh yeah. What, possible good outcome is there to give this guy charges now uh, to play double devil's advocate (laughs) is that guy punches me and you know you throw charges if he's not getting the help he needs potentially you know the court could order him to get some help there's always that side of it where like that could actually be helpful for him but then yeah yeah, but then you you know with your luck you get some like rookie judge or prosecutor and they like throw the dude in jail and you're like fuck so <laughs> yeah everything kind of has its you know its pros and cons but you know the fact that we live in a society now where prosecutors and some people in the public some prosecutors are willing to say well you know what you signed up to get beat up that's ridiculous and it opens the door for more people to be assholes because there's no accountability Right. And it's like telling a soldier, well, you signed up to die. It's like, well, no, there's other things they signed up for. Is it one of the things that unfortunately comes with the job? Yeah. But it's not like you signed up for suicide. Yeah. Um, Hashtag listen to the song Disposable Heroes by Metallica. By the way, when we're talking about the soldier thing, I I just had this thought the other day, and I, I think it's a thought everybody's had from time to time. How the fuck, when you turn 18... You can sign up to fight and die in a war, but you cannot legally drink a beer. Get fired. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that make that's some flawed logic. Not that I, you know, not that I think, you know, we should have a bunch of drunk 18-year-olds going around, but 
Well, yeah, yeah I could see some issues of, I mean, I know I was an idiot at 18 being drunk, but God, imagine a drunk 18 year old with military experience. Well, let's be honest here. <laughs> and maybe this will be my question on the podcast, but I got to think almost everyone drank underage, right? I think yeah, everyone, I everyone I know that I can think of did. It's kind of an arbitrary thing. I don't know. It kind of know. is. Yeah. Um, I'd, uh, well, my best man, he, I mean, he never got drunk or anything before uh, he turned 21, but still he had sips of wine that his uh, grandparents would make. Okay. I mean, that's pretty much, I'm going to still consider him a drinking virgin at that point. Okay. <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but I don't know. Again, I'm not like encouraging underage drinking. And I know there's probably like explorers that listen to this podcast. Like don't go get no, hammered because poorly made police memes told you to go get hammered. <laughs> That's the worst fucking advice I've ever heard. But it, people drink underage. Like it's just a thing. And it's right. like that taboo thing. And I, for me, and we're going way off topic here. We're supposed to be talking about bikes <laughs> in Michigan. But dude, I don't know about you, but I was never big into writing MIPs. I, I you know if... If the circumstance was like, okay, this kid probably needs to get a ticket or, or whatever, or, or maybe, but for the most part, like, I think that's a teachable moment. And I kind of let a lot of discretion to the parents if they were in play, um, how they wanted it handled. But I, I just, I, especially like a young person that's never been in trouble before. Right. Or even a young person that's has been in a little bit of trouble and they had a little, like they had a beer and now you're going to throw something else down. I, I don't know, man. I think we got bigger fish to fry in it. And I, I guess that depends on your, your logic and where you come from and you know, where I worked, like spending time writing kids, fucking MIP tickets was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree, especially, well, in my, my stance, it would be kind of hypocritical, but just kind of recently Michigan had it. So, so that it's no longer a misdemeanor, but it is just a, you know, citation now, which I, I think is a little more appropriate, but you know, I think that also allows a little bit more uh, discretion involved too. So, you know, I've thankfully never been put in a position of having a, you know, like a, a DUI with a juvenile, but yeah, a few times that I've encountered, you know, drunk, drunk kids, essentially it's like, Hey, just, Go home, don't drive, don't be dumb. Yeah. And I guess to add on to that, like my little disclaimer, because somebody's probably screaming at the fucking radio right now, like, <laughs> what do you mean let kids drink? Oh my God, you're supposed to be protected. Why won't someone think of the children? <laughs> um, okay, hear me out. I'm not advocating teens go out and drive drunk and all that shit. And obviously, teenagers don't have, you know, the same. Oh, fuck it. Grownups don't even shouldn't even drink because they're idiots. But I don't yeah. I don't want a bunch of drunk teenagers because that's not going to end well either. Like I, there's all kinds of problems that go along with it. I'm just throwing it out that it's it's kids are going to drink like it's it's a thing that's going to happen. They shouldn't. Oh, yeah. It's not good for their brains. And I don't want a bunch of drunk kids driving. And we all know that DUIs are a big problem. But I've never actually I'm never thinking about it. I've never had a teenage DUI either. I'm not, not saying good. they don't. I, I'm not saying they don't exist, but that they certainly do. But I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be giving kids advice on the their drinking habits. 
Hey kids, don't drink. Okay, now we're finished. <laughs> Cover the bases. Cover the bases. Um, anyway, that was wild. So let's talk a little bit about the bike unit thing because I think that's going to be our main target of this podcast. So what are kind of the benefits to a bike unit? Like what kind of stuff that you guys do that patrol can't do or other units don't do? So one of the selling points I have, uh, cause I'll have people on the street just ask me, it's like, Oh, yo, so uh, how did you end up drawing the short straw and being on bike? And I just kind of point out to them, I was like, all right, so hypothetical question. If you wanted to run from the police on foot, who would you want to run from the cop on foot or the cop on bike? And they sit there and think about it. It's like, well, probably the one on foot. I'm like, exactly. You know, being on bike, there's been a few times where I've caught up to people trying to run away and that's because I'm on bike and the others are on foot. So we can respond faster. I've responded to multiple incidents uh, faster than cruisers. I mean, it helps being in a metropolitan area with one way streets and I can just bypass all of them. Uh, another kind of selling point and uh, I'll throw one department out because I think they do such a great job. Uh, Seattle PD, their bike team. They are awesome. Uh, that's Wait, where... did you just say like Seattle did something good? PD, Seattle PD. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, still like <laughs> in the same sentence. Well, yeah. I mean, never thought I'd say that, but I mean, I I learned uh, some riot control stuff from them, and I know they some of their guys go around the country teaching some uh, uh, riot control bike tactics. And well, they've never had it, riots, awesome. so they have no experience. Well, no, none at all. I mean. They, it's just kind of like the, you know, the Sunday riders. Gotcha. But no, they, there's footage of those guys and they are phenomenal. I mean, they, they do some pretty badass shit. Um, so like, uh, I don't know the terms that other departments would use or anything, but it's like, if you, during a riot situation, if you got, um, uh, you know, a, a fence row of, uh, foot patrol guys, I mean, you need, you know, 20, 30, maybe 40 of them to cover a street. Whereas our bike team, we need 10 to cover a street because we use our bikes as a fence and we call it a mobile fence line even. Uh, and if we need people to move back, we just use our bikes. So, you know, there's just so many different faceted objects. And then the whole kind of community policing type deal too. Uh, we've had uh, some of our guys go into uh, kind of, um, uh, rougher areas in a sense and try to reach out to the kids. Um, they'll bring in bikes, uh, they'll repair them, they'll bring helmets. So it's a little bit of the community outreach too. I mean, there's so much more than, I'm not saying you can't do more than, you know, the guy on foot or in the car, but it's a lot more fluid because you can go call to call, but you can also stop and, you know, hand some stickers out to kids for wearing helmets on their bikes. And, you know, it's a lot easier to interact with the people because you don't have that vehicle as a barrier. You could be sitting on the sidewalk next to someone and just be chatting with them until the crosswalk sign says it's good to go. In my experience with bike stuff, my department, for whatever reason, they had guys that were trained and there was a few people that did it. And maybe I just didn't see it because I was on patrol, but on a patrol sense, it, it wasn't really there. Later on, they used it. Um, on a proactive team and that made sense for the area they were patrolling because they could kind of get around different areas 
and it was really good. I remember growing up, you know, you'd, I felt like back in the nineties, the bike patrol thing was a lot more prevalent. Yeah. I remember like, you know, going to events and like, you know, my dad's department, there was all these dudes on bikes and all the fucking, you know, the Vicks and the Caprices back in the day had bike racks on them. Is that something, I don't know if you have any intel on that or any knowledge, but is that, you know, are bike patrol units more prevalent now or less prevalent? I think it's growing more, um, just kind of based off of what I've seen just in the last few years. I mean, we, like my department's had a bike team in the past before, but it wasn't really very official, really, to say. It was like, hey, do this course and you can ride a bike around. Um, now we've got full-fledged bike team, uh, part of our uh, special operations units. Uh, and then it's actually been growing pretty fast. Uh, it's like, oh, I'm trying to think. There's been, uh, it's been a couple of years, six or seven years we've had the team, I want to say. And I don't remember what our starting numbers were, but now we're at least over a hundred. Oh, wow. But yeah, it, I definitely say it's a, a growing trend. I mean, the organization that I got my uh, instructor certification through, there's, um, I, I'll get emails almost daily saying like, hey, you know, these departments in this area are asking for uh, an instructor or, you know, this area they're asking for, or, Hey, there's a class uh, being held here if you want to help. So, and that's just one organization. I know there's at least three main ones. I won't name them just so that I, you know, don't get sued for It's like, Oh, you're on a podcast talking about us, but you know, it is what it is. That um, world we live in. Right. But yeah, it, as far as I know, if it's definitely a growing trend and, um, especially I think a lot of departments have seen their usefulness from these riots. Well, no, the, uh, the mostly peaceful protests, uh, over the last couple of years. Yeah. Only a few fires are burning, but they're mostly peaceful. Yeah. It it was just to keep people warm. I mean, yeah, it's really cold in July, but yeah. (laughs) Well, so I was going to ask, and this is like not an Instagram question, but just me being a dickhead question, but (laughs) does patrol get mad? Or, you know, the street guys get mad when, you know, you catch something and you're like, hey, can I get a transport to the jail? Because I can't take them. <laughs> um, in my experience, no, they haven't. Um, like, I don't know if it's because I got a pretty good rapport with those guys or what, but I, I haven't really had any issues, thankfully. Um, they just snicker behind I, your back, bro. Oh, probably. But, or they could also be jealous. It could be jelly of your <laughs> sweet bike. Oh yeah, it's got the uh, the bell on it. Even ding ding. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't, but one of my partners did uh, put a bell on his, and it's ridiculous. Like, just as you'd imagine. Oh, it's fucking you. Why haven't you, man? That's fucking hilarious. I yeah, especially you know, just a two dollar bell. Might as well at this point. Yeah, I mean, police people think we're people think the police are a joke anyway so why does it matter <laughs> right might as well have fun that was kind of my mantra towards the end which was probably not the best i was like i'm just gonna have fun 24 7 and uh no matter how bad it was it really was never fun well i mean that's not a bad mantra though i mean you should have fun first and foremost have fun with the job but be right i think is the most important thing just last thing you want to do is be you know having fun 
but in the wrong, because then it just makes it look worse. Well, I think there's like a certain level of like, don't get me wrong. I, I think you should have fun on the job. I think professionalism should come first. And yes, when you just basically, my case wasn't like a cheeky and fun shenanigans. It was evil and cruel shenanigans where oh. I just didn't give, like, I wasn't like, you know, giving people bars to soap in their coffee or anything, but <laughs> I just wasn't, I guess my, the mindset wasn't right. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to say shit to people I wouldn't normally say like, that you know there's a time and a place but i i you know you're not helping anything if you're saying shit to people that you know you shouldn't be saying well yeah it, i'll admit i've had somewhat similar moments i mean maybe not completely vulgar moments but it's like um we've had our department called and people will just kind of generally ask without really looking at what department they're asking for and they'll be like hey is this the uh, downtown police and I sit there and I respond with, I'm like, do you realize how many downtown polices there are? And I mean, I just hope it's not a time where there's an emergency because I'd really look like a dick. But I mean, still, it's like you're calling for the police and you don't even know who you're calling for. It's like, just take the extra minute to look what city at least. Bro, people don't even know like what street they're on or what time it is or I mean, who's yeah, the yeah. governor of their state. Like, you're asking them a lot to know what jurisdiction they're in at that time. Well, you'd think if it was their own city that they would know. Bro, people don't know shit. I, <laughs> I mean, it's just like very like common basic knowledge about like your city. People just don't know it. I thought it was just being just knowing basic information. Like if I go somewhere, I just want to know a little bit about where I'm at or or whatever. And people just kind of like have no self-awareness about where they're at or, or what's going on. Like, you know, like people probably don't know what state they're in most of the time. I mean, I hate admitting those moments that I've encountered people. It's like, um, you know, and if you're, if someone's clearly inside of a construction area that, you know, when it's one in the morning and there's no construction going on and you ask them, it's like, Hey, you know, why are you in here? And they're like, well, I'm just kind of walking around. And I'm like, how do you know where you're at? He's, and they look around like, well, no, I'm like, this is a construction area. And they just kind of sit there and go, yeah. I'm like, you can't be in here. And then they're like, oh, well, I didn't know. I'm like, how did you get in? Well, I went through the fence. I was like, how's the fence not a clue? Well, bro, they're, they're doing dope. That's that's what's happening there. Maybe. And, well, if it's one <laughs> no, guy. bro, they know what they're doing. They're just trying to well, get Well, if it's out. one person and you watch them walk, walk through there. I mean, yeah, I've surprisingly not found in the one construction area I'm thinking of. Surprisingly, no one's really broken in there to smoke dope, but there's a lot of parking ramps nearby that I found some, but I mean, that's the thing too with dope nowadays, or, you know, just in the, the weed sense, like I've reached a point where I don't really care so much. I mean, I mean, isn't weed legal everywhere now, or is that not true? Um, Michigan, it was just legalized. Uh, however, you can't be smoking it in public, but we've, had some prosecutors come out and just flat out say like, Hey, if it's just like a, uh, you know, a small amount, uh, possession charge, we're just not even going to look at it. So a lot of times we just say like, Hey, go home, smoke it there and call it good. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like kind of like the open container thing. Like it's, it's essentially the same thing. It, that's how I've considered it too. So I, I wanted to throw one thing out there since we were kind of talking about it, the, the whole not knowing where you are thing. 
for the love of God, can people put bigger numbers on their homes? Yes. Or like apartment complexes. Apartment oh complexes yes. are the worst because like houses, you can usually do math and figure out, okay, this is probably the house. But, and if you're lucky and you work in a you know place that has like a, a good CAD map, you should be able to do that. But you know, I'm you not get, on bike. Oh, well, there you go. But you get <laughs> these big giant apartment complexes and they have the same address, but they have like building J, R, whatever. And you're like, yep. I don't even know where fucking A building A is. I don't know where the fucking start. And you're trying to find these. And then the other bitch that I have, since there's a bunch of construction companies that listen to my podcast, is <laughs> when you're numbering apartments, have that fucking make sense. I can't tell yeah. you how many apartments I've been to where like the numbering in different buildings, is, it just doesn't even make sense. And it's not uniform and oh, it drives me crazy. Yeah, the apartment I lived in uh, before I got my house. Yeah, it was definitely it, it's like they were all... 7,000 numbers, but other than that, there was no consistency. It could go off a different road and still be like 7,000, but like if it's a 7,100, right next door would be like a 73. Then you go another road over, you'd find a 72. And I'm, or not so much ro- road over, but it it just kept branching off and the numbers just, they tried to make it all 7,000. I'm like, this is just getting weirder and weirder, especially because the roads don't stay a consistent, like, path or direction wasn't there a case well i know there was i I wanted to say it was dallas where a cop came home after a long shift oh yeah came in the wrong apartment and shot the resident because she thought it was her house yeah she uh... she ended up getting charged and convicted with something but i mean i and i'm not like obviously i'm not like defending that but i'm just throwing out like maybe like make you know, these apartment complexes, especially the big ones, you know, you, it's like a fucking maze, some of them, and it yeah. all looks the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why do they make them all look the same? It's like they're trying to lose their residence, too. Yeah. Like, if, if have floor two, like, green paint or something, or, or I don't know. Or anyway. each building a different color. Yeah. Fuck, man. Just help help people out. <laughs> no, they're oh, not wow. gonna do that because they're gonna just fucking whatever is the cheapest material in the Cheap, cheapest paint. Cheapest or I don't know because I feel like cheapest isn't always. They want to do something unique and they find unique and just copy it seven times. Yeah, so I, we're gonna kind of jump around a little bit because I, I kind of did a really bastardized version of introducing you to the people of on this podcast, and we'll get into the Instagram shit in a second here. But so you've been a cop for five years. Yep. And what, what led you to get into policing? What was your, what was your why and why you wanted to become a cop? Well, you know, I'm kind of glad you've asked that because you've mentioned that before. And, you know, I, my, I had, you know, the stereotypical answer. It was, you know, I want to help people. I want to get out there, save lives and, you know, whatnot, Uh, you know, kind of change the perspective of police as well. I'd say my why has kind of changed a little bit. I would say it's a little bit more, I've kind of gotten tired of seeing crime rising and now it's just, I want to get, you know, bad people off the streets. And I believe that's kind of how I'm helping save people because, you know, I, and I'm not saying, you know, just throw charges at people to see what sticks, but you know, you got someone with warrants, you got, uh, 
you know, whatever charges that you know are factually there, trying your best to make sure that you have the strongest case to have them stick. I guess I'm just tired of crime rising and I want, I know I'm one person, but I feel like the more that are out there that are tired of that too, are going to do more. And I realize being proactive is starting to be a, uh, a taboo in a sense, but you know, we need to fight back at the same time because eventually people are going to start seeing like, Hey, he's doing everything right. But why is the department not backing him up? Why is, you know, this and that not backing them up? It, I know the pendulum saying is kind of a, a common phrase for police. It's like, Oh, you know, swing back. I think it will. It might be a little slow this time around, but I think it will. You know, the advice I got, and I think a lot of people have gotten is you can only control what you can control in your little area of the world. That's all you can do. That's, and some guys, and this is going to sound kind of funny coming from me, the, you know, the job is dead guy, but well, I mean, here, that's not fair. I, I think policing <laughs> is alive and well in a lot of places just where I was, it, it was ridiculous, but even in a place where it's ridiculous, you can only control what you can control. So you can't make decisions based on what other people are going to do or, or what you think the prosecution is going to do, because that's out of your hand. All you can do is do your job to the best of your ability and put together a good case. And if it's a bad case, then it's a bad case and you mm -hmm. don't do anything with it. Like, don't, you know, I think sometimes people force shit and I'm not saying people trumped up charges, but I'm, I'm just saying like PC and reasonable doubt are two very different things. Yeah. But, it, but at the end of the day, like all your job is to find PC, not reasonable doubt. That's another guy's job. And you can't worry about what somebody else is going to do, you know, in, in a month because, and I hate saying that without like bringing in like, here, we're going to triple devil's advocate today. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there is some responsibility like, well, there's a lot of, I can do this. Okay. You can do this, but should you do this? I think you have to take that into account too. Like, yeah. And like you were saying before is, well, I'm not just going to, you know, throw charges at everybody because I can, because that's the wrong way to do things. Right. But you know, I, I feel like kind of what I was more getting at. And so I wanted to throw that caveat is, you know, you would have a good case but, you know, maybe a supervisor is like, well, I think the DA is not going to like it because of this and that. Okay, you can't control that. Like, do you have PC? Yes. Okay. That's it. it. You have PC. You know, do a good investigation. Do a good report. You know, because at the end of the day, and this is something that I don't remember who is coming up on the podcast, but it, this will come up again because I was thinking about this point is you can have. Hold on. Let me collect myself here. Um, I, I put maybe too much Ron Rigo rum in my drink. <laughs> what, what drives me nuts is like I would see these dudes that are really good street cops and they're really good at finding stuff and they're really good at getting guns and dope and drugs, but they can't finish it. As in yeah. they, A, maybe there's Fourth Amendment violations, you know, getting that shit because they don't fucking understand case law or B their reports are so shitty and they're like, why did my case get dropped? 
because you, there's not PC because you're a fucking idiot. The PC's there, but you can't, you didn't articulate it in a report. And so somehow it gets approved. And now, you know, the department looks like a bunch of idiots when it gets to the DA because the DA reads it. And it's like, there's no PC here and drops it. And guys get, you know, all bent out of shape. Well, my case got dropped. And I'm, again, let's fucking play fourth devil's advocate. This shit gets tiring. It really does because there's always a caveat yeah. to everything. But I get there's places where they just totally dump charges. Yes, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, do yourself a favor and do a good investigation. Because if you don't, a, it looks fucking poorly on you. Or, or let's say this is a, a person's crime. If you do a dog shit investigation, the victim is not going to get justice because of your failure. Right. So do good fucking work. And doing good work is start to finish. There's my yeah. rant. Yep. No, I, I agree. I mean, especially like when you brought up case law. I mean, I I'm still kind of keeping up as much as I can with case law. I, I want to, you know, almost have them memorized. I know that's damn near impossible, but no, th- those are very important. And then, you know, the report writings, like you, you've mentioned uh, before, it's like, you know, just how important import uh, report writing is just because, yeah, it's like, that's how you finish a case. And I think another thing too is, uh, in some cases, or like some individuals, at least, uh, complacency kind of kicks in. If they got a report that, you know, they feel like they've done, you know, shit ton of times, and then there's this one change to it. It's like, okay, well, now you just ruined that entire report. And now charges get dropped. Um, And I think it's getting rid of that complacency. And I think there's a lot of guys who almost choose to be, I know it might sound harsh, but uneducated about either case law or kind of the job in general. So you just sparked something in my brain that I'm going to rant about. I remember at my department, you know, people had basically, some people had a format for different types of calls in their reports. I always thought, and even like there was a shoplifting format. I always thought that was ridiculous just write the report about what happened on that day, because the circumstances are always going to be different. Right. And that's, if you're like, Oh, well, here's my template. And I get there's different cities have different ways of doing things. So don't here's fuck and devil's advocate five. Um, <laughs> that's going to be the name of this podcast. I think is that right. But look, do, you know, do what you're supposed to do in your agency. I'm just saying if you have a choice in it or whatever, but I always just wrote shit out because I'm like, that's what happened that day. Like, I'm not going to fill out a format because it might take two seconds to tab through or it might be easier. I always thought it was harder, but just type out what happened. It's super easy. I mean, you may have a flow of how you normally write things, but don't have like a a template for like, Oh, this is a dope arrest. This is the template I use. I get, if you have a template, like, you know, your fucking first paragraph. Okay. Everybody, whatever. That's fine. But for a report, just fucking type it out. Take two seconds and fucking type out a fucking masterpiece. I don't know. It always made me feel good when I type something, some masterpiece out. But I remember there was this dude I thought really highly of as a cop. And I still do as a cop. But then I read one of his reports and I was dumbfounded. I was like, oh, this is why his fucking cases get dropped all the time. There's like no PC. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, 
uh, I don't know. I could go on and on about report writing, but. No, I, and I can too. It's, and that's actually something that our department has kind of noticed as well. Um, uh, we had some higher ups kind of talking up talking and saying, uh, yeah, we've noticed that, you know, once they get to certain levels, like they're still typing reports as if they have no experience and whatnot, or not so much reports at that level, I guess, because, you know, what do they do? But anyway, um, whatever paperwork that they have to do that clearly is above my pay grade. But um, yeah, they've noticed that even at, you know, almost at the very top, like just typing in general has just sucked. And they're like, we're going to kind of take a step back and focus a little bit more on that in like, um, in like the, the academy and whatnot, which I don't think is a bad idea. And I think everybody needs to be, you know, just shown regardless of what experience you have, it's like, Hey, first and foremost, establish PC because without that you have nothing. Also, if you're one of those dudes that types your entire report in cap locks, you're oh, a douchebag. Okay. Stop. Does that exist? Right now. Oh yeah. Well, it did when I started. I mean, and it's unreadable because it's, you know, you pull it up on the computer screen because some agencies you have the ability like on scene to hey, pull up a report so you can see what's going on at this house before you even get there. So you know what's going on with this guy. So you have an idea, but then you pull up this dude's report and it's all cap locks and it's just like mumbo jumbo of words. Cause it's, you can't, it's unreadable. You know, it's like, it's like reading aunt Karen's angry Facebook post about her burnt pie. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. It's like, you know, I'm so used to reading text uh in uh applying my own like vocal inflection if i see all caps i'm thinking yelling yeah why are you yelling this report at me boomer i don't know what we're yelling about yeah exactly well and i'm sure those guys were pissed because they probably started handwriting reports like there was a dude when i started and the guy was like great guy but he had been on for like 40 years and so, like, he started before I was born, right? So he'd seen a lot of shit. I mean, that job had changed tremendously in the time that he was on. And, you know, I'm they were fucking handwriting reports, so I'm sure they were pissed when they had to, you know, start typing stuff, which I guess that kind of gets me thinking that, and I hate to use these broad terms for a guy that left the job, but I guess technology just got to be, you know, because I think our generation thing is going to be the body cameras where guys are like, fuck, I don't want to buy it or the body cameras. But oh, God, yeah. you're going to have to evolve with the times because if you don't, it's going to leave you behind. You're going to be that dude, you know, pecking reports at one mile an hour. So, yeah, that's what happened to uh, my grandpa. He was, uh, he was a cop for 30 years, uh, retired in 98. And he said one of the reasons why he left was because he saw technology coming in and he's like, I, when he went through the Academy, uh, they actually had to um, uh, bring in their own typewriters to learn how to use those. So, <laughs> very old school and, you know, computers starting to come in. He's like, I knew I was falling behind and I wasn't sure how I was going to be uh, keep up. I had 30 years in, so you know, I'll call it good. You don't, What's funny about that is I, at least I can, I can only speak for me, but you know, the days where like the CAD goes down 
it's like the fucking worst. I know you're on a bike, so you don't have that. Do you get? Do you have like a little mini computer on your bike? No. Um, yeah. If we want to write any tickets or anything, uh, we either hand write them or see if a guy's not busy and come in with a, a car to use a computer real quick. Well, that's terrible. I mean, technology, I'm surprised they don't have like, you know, some kind of ticket writing machine in your helmet or something, but someday. I'm sure the the motor unit guys probably have some hand, well, I know they do, like some handheld uh, ticket book uh, or electronic ticket book, whereas, you know, maybe for us, because the likelihood of, you know, bikes being knocked over or anything like that, maybe they just don't trust us with expensive tech. No, and most police departments don't have any money. So then there's I, that. Yeah, I I really have a lot of thoughts about motor cops, like bike cops, not like bike cops, but like bike cops. You know the bike cops I'm talking about? Yeah, the cool ones. Yeah, I I have some questions about about how they do things for sure. Well, let's do this, man. Um we're gonna give away a little bit of t uh, shirt and then we're gonna get into the Instagram questions because there's a fuckload of them and they're really good. You guys really did good. So fucking keep this up this year. Let's this is kind of kind of sound douchey, but it's kind of your podcast too. So if you uh see the questions come up on Instagram or when I throw them up on Facebook, fucking put something in there, man. Make your presence known on my podcast. Um, but anyway, so we're gonna give away a t-shirt and and we're kind of we're we're running out of money, and I don't know if we're gonna keep doing it. If somebody gives me money, I'll do it. But let's let's have a little chat about Blue Falcons, okay? I've had a few people nominate folks and then I can't ever get a hold of them. There's I think four people over the six months I've been doing the podcast that didn't get shit because people didn't respond to emails. If you send me an email, I may respond to it. You should probably look for it. So your buddy gets a t-shirt. I'm just saying, um, but this one is a little bit different. Sorry. This was this, that had nothing to do with this one. This one, I know the guy will respond. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that because I've already been having some co- correspondence with them. That's a big word, by the way, too. Correspondence. So I can't go into too much detail about this one because it's a pretty ongoing thing or a pretty recent thing. But basically, um, we've had a lot of cops, unfortunately, um, slain. And I feel like in the, even the last like couple weeks, couple days, yeah, um, yeah. it's really crazy shit. Like, man, I just like that that sergeant. Where is it, Illinois? Where her and another guy went for like a barking dog. Yeah, you you hear about um, that she was begging for her life or something. I read that today, and the guy yeah, still shot her. I can't remember which Carolina it was, but um, there was a troop that was on a traffic stop, and his brother, who was also a troop, went to show up, and uh, his brother lost control of the cruiser and killed that uh, that first trooper on the uh, stop. So his own brother. Oh man, that's exact details. I'd have to double check, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like actual blood brother. Man, that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, so this one is um I can't go into a lot of details, but basically the officer that was nominated that's gonna get a mugger t shirt was involved in taking into custody a piece of shit that um took the life of one of our brothers out there. So no. He uh he will get a mug or a t-shirt. I just gotta hear back from him. Yeah, man, that's kind of a sour note for the t-shirts. Usually it's a little more um well, that's not always happy, but there's usually a little little more, but I thought this guy was deserving. So 
yeah, that's our yeah. uh, that's our winner today. So everybody, give him a round of applause. All right, there we go. Thanks for the clap in there, dude. I put way too much Ron Rico in this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> not in a good way at all it like hit me hard really quick all right so there is a lot of good questions on here so i'm going to try and get to as many as possible so the first question we have from instagram is does the bike seat hurt your ass uh not anymore <laughs> so basically you've um kind of built a callus okay what about on your balls um well, if you're sitting properly, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, but if you're not sitting properly, then yeah, you need to readjust. And uh, I, I've been fortunate to not feel that, but especially guys who are uh, going through the basic course, that's one of the signs of you need to readjust. If your balls are hurting or your taint's hurting, you're doing something wrong. If it's just a general soreness, you're just not used to it, you will. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, the taint pain on a bike is it's never fun. Never a good time. No. This guy is asking for some tips for he says driving in the snow. I assume that means riding your bike in the snow. Is there like some tips and tactics you can share? So my experience is take it slow, uh no sharp turns and just know your ability. If you start going through a foot of snow, you're not going to have a good time regardless of your skill set. If you start going through a long patch of ice, you know, same statement, but if it's just, you see a little bit of ice coming up, get your feet off the pedals, kind of brace for the fall if it's coming. But other than that, I mean, it, it's just, just know your patrol area, know who plows or shovels or salts the sidewalk road, whatever it may be and try to stay around those areas. If they suck at it, maybe avoid it. Fair enough. I mean, that makes sense. Kind of like almost like driving a fucking car in the snow. Right. So I don't know if I'm going to keep this in because this is a popo medic being an asshole, but <laughs> he put, what did the bike cop think about the passing of Dave Mira, which he died like a while ago. Dave, well, I, I guess I, uh, yeah, I don't know who that is, so I can't really say. Okay, he was a he was a a bike jump dude. I don't know. He was pretty badass in the X Games back in the day. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never really followed the X Games, so I wouldn't really know. Okay, well, I guess we're gonna cut that out, or it's gonna be weird. <laughs> or I will keep it as weird. So this question is, good sir, what is it like to play second fiddle to Wisconsin? I wouldn't know, considering we're in a different band. Oh, that was good. I didn't know what you were going to do there, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and give the the golf clap. That was uh, that was good. <laughs> so I, I got to call you on something you said earlier, though. All right. You said Michigan was the beer state. Yep. If I was thinking beer, I would say Wisconsin. So, and that's kind of why I said, I don't know if that still is. I know for a, a, like a year or two, we kind of were because a lot of the craft breweries like it just exploded in our state. I mean, I don't know how many we have, but I know it's over a couple hundred, but I, I mean, there's a lot of uh, just the beers get just gotten real popular around here. Um, and I'm not really sure why. Um, I don't know if that trend has kind of died down the last couple of years, but I know um, uh, let's see around the mid. Well, I was going to say that, 
Colorado, if we're saying like craft beer, no one has Colorado beat. There's like a fucking craft brewery on every street corner, along with a dispensary, which, <laughs> by the way, I, I was in Colorado last week. Way to go, Denver, putting the dispensary right in front of the Children's Museum. Oh, God. Woo! Good job. Look, look I, and I'm like one of those guys, like, I don't care about legalization of weed. But like, come on, man. Like, right in front of the Children's Museum. Right. I mean, there's at least put it next to a liquor store. Yeah, I mean, come on. But then my wife brought up a good point. She's like, well, what, if there was a liquor store right next door, would you even bat an eye? And she's probably like, she's probably right about that. Cause I don't think I would have even noticed it, but it, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair it's like a two story, like double decker looking thing. So maybe that's why it stood out. I don't yeah, know. It could be, by the way, have you, have you seen any of season 10 of the letter Kenny? No, I, I lost a little bit of interest in it because I can't remember what season it was, but it just really came off as being almost woke in a sense. And I, it's, I can't remember if I was also kind of changing shifts at that time. So normally when I stayed up on midnights, I would watch that to kind of help keep me up to stay in a rhythm. But then I switched back in kind of a normal life. And I, I haven't watched a lot of TV shows. Um, I was surprised. I, I don't, I don't really, I can't think of letter Kenny being, woke i mean i wouldn't say they're like right wing by any way i'm, I'm kind of curious which what episode or what season you're um was it season three or four they had that one guy who they they kind of hinted at almost being like a uh like a oh well well almost i don't want to say white supremacist but um, oh they did i thought that episode was funny it Maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset at the time, but no, I, I, I like, I appreciated the, uh, it was, um, it was like, God, what was it? Like, cause he showed Stuart and rolled about the dark web or he was like their friend on it. Right wing J or something. Something I, like that. Yeah. I thought it was funny, man. I, I thought it took a pretty funny poke at like the extreme right wing, but I would say they say stuff that was, is off color sometimes too. So I don't well, know. I kind of take it all with too. a grain of salt. Yeah. And I think, that's why I was just probably not in the right mindset at the time. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know, maybe I needed something else, but I started rewatching it again. And I'm just like, why did I stop? I should have just kept going. Oh yeah. It's good shit. Well, okay. So here's another show. Shit's Creek. Like never watched it. Okay. I think that show is fucking hilarious. It's one of the funniest TV shows I've seen in a long time. And one could definitely argue because of some of the characters it could be quote unquote like a woke show, but like, it's just presented in a way you don't even notice. Ah. And it's, it's, I, I, and maybe that's like a wrong way to put it, but like one of the characters is like pansexual. It was just done in a way where it wasn't like shoved down your throat, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, if it's just part of the character, it's, it's part, of the, part character. of the show, right? Like where you watch other stuff and they obviously introduce something because it's to fit oh. an agenda like yeah. any fucking commercial on tv anymore but that's a debate for another day on not my podcast um commercials that have kind of irritated it's not political it's just i think it's dumb and maybe others will agree or disagree i, I don't care it's dumb the oh whichever phone company company it is i think at&t 
where they the girl saves the snowman and puts it in the freezer for like all of summer. I don't know about you. I would have thrown that snow so, uh, snowman out and been like, no, we need food. Screw this. I got to be completely honest with you, man. I don't have cable. So the only time I watch it is like at my parents or somebody else's house. I have not seen that commercial. Damn. So now I'm just going on a rant at, like for nothing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I'll leave it in there because it's funny. But I'm sure somebody else knows what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe some other people will yell at the radio and be like, yeah. So the next question we have on here is, have you ever picked up your bike and swung it at anybody? Uh, swung it? No. However, uh, yes, I have had to uh, lift it up and push some people back. It's basically Captain America's shield, right? I mean, it's like the same thing. Like your bike's made of vibranium and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and, you know, except there's uh, the gears on the bottom that are a little sharp that people try to avoid. Yeah, no pain, no gain there. <laughs> so we kind of talked about why you chose to get into the bike thing. How short do you want your shorts to be? You know, it, that's kind of the funny thing. Um, I don't wear the shorts. I think it looks unprofessional, um, which is why, you know, like Reno 911 with uh, Lieutenant Dangle, it's like, he's got the shorter shorts because I think they try to highlight that, but no, I've got the, the long pants on, uh, and they go all the way down to my boots in the summer too. Yeah. Uh, except I, I will admit there was three days where it was so hot and humid. It was like over a hundred degrees. I finally broke down and I was like, man, I need to, it, and yes, our pants do have, uh, zippers on them so so that you can just take the bottom half of the legs off and turn oh, them you into- shouldn't have admitted that but okay <laughs> so now that i think about it my fucking dog's barking but my so i used to do security um back in the day and i was in the in a management role and i got us a bike to go around the mall because i was like you know we waste a fuckload of gas just driving around the mall where a bike i mean a if it's nice out it's exercise and i saw the other benefit is like i was like people want to ride the fucking bike i can get them into like bdus and a polo instead of the fucking the uniform which i thought for security work is better like in my yeah. opinion depending on where you're doing security just put a dude in a polo or something Putting a, I, I don't know. It dep- obviously I depends where you're at, but don't don't wear a fucking like class A uniform. I I don't know. It's too yeah. far for that kind of work. Yep. Uh, and I think it's it makes it a little bit more dangerous for them too, because if you're trying to look like a cop and you have someone who almost looks like a cop trying to deal with uh, you know someone disorderly, they're not trained for that. And that disorderly person is not going to see them as a security guard. They're going to say it's like, oh, that kind of looks like a cop. So I'm going to treat them as such. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm of that mindset. And I just, my my thoughts on security. And I guess I, I have some authority to talk about security shit because I did it for a long time. But I, anyway, but yeah, the bike was, it was a great tool and it was easy to get around and it saved me a fuckload of money and it looked might made my numbers look good i forgot about that shit i actually kind of enjoyed that it was a good time got me out of the mall it was awesome yeah 
So a lot of benefits to it. Yeah, it was a good good way to go. This is probably my favorite question. Do you got massively thick with two C's thighs? Uh, I would say they are probably bigger than average. I wish somebody would tell me it was bigger than average. <laughs> hey Now, was that was that before or after Bike Patrol? Or has Bike uh, Patrol increased your thick thighs? Well, so I guess to uh, to be honest, uh, biking probably didn't help all that much because I was actually uh, in college a kicker for the football team. So I kind of already had bigger legs as is. I really want to make fun of you for being oh, it's easy to. a kicker. But then <laughs> I go with like, well, I didn't play college sports so i'm gonna shut the fuck up (laughs) oh no i my teammates constantly made fun of me for being the kicker i mean that was pretty much my nickname for four years the kicker oh yeah well were you the kicker the punter um started as the kicker but due to well it this doesn't help the kicker stereotype but essentially because of boredom because we're not always practicing while everyone else is doing things um, I just kind of decided, I was like, Hey, I'm going to figure out how to punt. So I did. And then after a while, I was like, I'm going to figure out how to long snap. So I did. Fair enough. So you were a master of all the special teams traits, except tackling and blocking and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say master, but at the same time, like I, I still, as much as I, you know, hate stereotypes. So, you know, even though I mentioned I was kind of part of it, um, if I, the few times I had a tackle, I knew I'm not going to have the stereotypical kicker tackle of get plowed over, grab a shoelace, and hang on for dear life. No, I when I tackled, I plowed them over because I hated that stereotype so much. I appreciate that, and that's what I appreciate about you. Because I always <laughs> hate like you know the last guy left is a kicker and he looks like a deer in headlights. Like, dude, you could come on, man, you could do it. I believe in you. It, there's always. I feel like there's two types of kickers. You've got the long, like the tall, lanky ones, and then just kind of the overweight, chubby ones. So you're saying I could be a kicker? Are Thanks, you? Long and you're tall and lanky. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> chubby guy. Anyway, um, what I was going to ask you though, what's your farthest field goal? Um, in well, in practice without wind assisting, because I did have uh, one day the coach was dicking around. We had a very strong wind going on. I think I kicked like at 60 or 65 yarder with the wind, but on a normal practice, uh, I think I got up to like 52 yards, but then in game, I believe my longest was 38 yards. I mean, that's still a lot fucking farther than I can kick it. So good, good on you, man. Do you get a scholarship for being a kicker? Uh, well, I went D three, so there were no scholarships in general. Oh, fair enough. Well, fuck it. You fucking still play college football, so good for you. I don't know exactly what this is implying, so maybe you know. Blue goose, yay or nay? Oh. Is the blue goose, that's the, the Michigan State cruiser, right? That yep, Michigan? that's what it's called. Um, yeah, because back in the day uh, when the color was changed to blue, the guy, the troops hated the color, so they – 
just called it a goose. It, yeah, it's a blue goose. You know, in a derogatory. I just, I, I just googled. I just googled it. I think it's kind of cool. Oh yeah, I I think it's the most beautiful car there is. I think Minnesota has a cool car too, though. I'd have to see theirs. I I can't remember what theirs looks like. Yeah, it's like uh, I believe it's like completely like a maroon patrol car, which is crazy. Let me let me look it up here. I have a toy from like 1996. I don't know if that's what it still looks like. Oh yeah, so it's it's um I don't think they're all maroon anymore, but it's like it's basically think like a black and white, but it's maroon and white. You said that was Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota, eh? Yeah. The toy, oh, the toy version of I have it, I have it is completely maroon. Oh, that ain't too bad. I don't know the the images I'm looking at. The just that random white shield looks, or white door just looks weird. Yeah, I think they need to go. They're gonna do it. They got to do it completely. I, I agree. I think that would make it look better. Or make, uh, I, I, and I get to make the you know their logo to stand out. It. I like the maroon. I do like that. It's just the white shield just is off the uh georgia state patrol has a neat car too it's very similar to the uh michigan state car blue very blue but oh they, yeah it's like two tone nice. too. i like theirs yeah they got a nice car let's see what we got here the next question we have here does your agency assign husky cops to bikes to help them manage their love handles <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> um they're well they they don't get forced into the position it's uh you actually have to apply to it um but i mean yeah we've got a variety of sizes of guys so uh i know there's a couple guys who kind of says like yeah i wanted to be on the bike team to be on it more to get more exercise and kind of plain and simple fair enough so this is kind of a two-part question because uh, I've gotten a couple questions about it, and I'm going to kind of answer the best ones I've got. So one person wrote in, you know, do you, you obviously do you have a, a siren on the bike, or do you just when you're going after somebody, do you just mouth wee woo wee woo? <laughs> um, my department doesn't have the sirens. I know there are some that do. Uh, I don't know why we don't have it, but I don't make the wee woos, but I do yell. Do you yell wee woo? I no, I, I've never really thought of it because I'm normally in the moment and just kind of yelling at the guy to either stop running or yelling at people to get out of the way. <laughs> so yeah, because the the other question I was going to ask is this guy works in an agency where they do have lights and sirens. Do you have lights on him? Oh yeah, we got lights. Okay, but just no sirens. Correct. Now, when you catch up to somebody on a bike, are they? I mean, is it like? amazement or are they like what the fuck did a guy on a bike really just fucking arrest me uh i think both um i've had a, a couple instances where it's like yeah they just they're like are you serious you're, you're on a bike and i'm like yeah and you know go through you know the rest of the procedures i've had uh one of my partners just recently um there were some guys uh chasing car theft suspect and uh, you know, they're all on foot and he's on the bike and he just sees a bunch of cops running after a guy. So he's like, no, I'll see who they're chasing. They, he sees the guy, goes up to him and he gets like just a few feet away. The guy sees that my partner's on bike and he just stops and actually sits down. 
right on the sidewalk. Oh, that's awesome. So do you guys, that was something I wanted to ask is there's, you guys learn techniques to like essentially launch yourself off the bike and tackle someone, right? Safely. Um, or am I making that up? (laughs) I mean, I don't teach that. However, I do kind of, Oh, what's the word? Uh, promote, uh, creative ways of apprehending people, I guess. So essentially, if you don't have time to stop, get off the bike and apprehend, well, sometimes you just have to get off the bike and apprehend. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) I guess my concern for you guys would be is injury because we all know, or you should know, look, tackling someone looks really good and it's awesome. Right. I mean, there's, it's awesome. Oh yeah. Um, except for the time the guy stepped, it was, I had this dude, this is a good story, but basically I almost got hit by the car I was in because I got out of the car before it stopped moving. Cause I, I mm. wanted to get this guy so bad, but so I'm like going to tackle this dude and I have like a clear shot at him and he sees me at the last minute while I'm like in the air and oh, basically man. like steps forward in the pocket, like a quarterback would. And I still got him. Like I still, I was able to get like my arm around his leg and and get him tackled to the ground. But I, I would have annihilated this dude. But (laughs) the problem is, is, is tackling people on cement, even on, you know, grass, you can get hurt. Yeah. It's really there. There's safer and more effective ways to take people down than just like a fucking football tack because when you take them down, now you're on the ground too, which is, you know, a problem potentially. So I, I guess my concern for you guys is, you know, getting hurt, you know, dumping the bike or whatever, trying to tackle somebody. I'm surprised maybe this could be your calling is maybe you can like, you know, like the Heimlich guy, like he came up with a name for the maneuver. I'm sure there's got to be like some like scientific way that you can get off a bike effectively without hurting yourself and taking out a shit bag. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It. I feel like it'd be kind of hard to test out and would have to find a good test dummy too to practice on. Well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. If you do, you have to like name it like the PM PM or something, but, right, it, but uh, it can't stand make- for, it can't stand for that, but just have the same name. Like, I don't know <laughs> the proper, no, it can't be motor because you're not a, Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on here. Oh, by the way, um, don't tackle people. Just knock them over. Just saying. Right. Give them a little little tap. They'll fall over because they'll lose their balance because they're running. Anyway, um, so this guy is also a bike cop. And he says, I rock the shorts on bike patrol because sky's out, thighs out. Hell yeah, brother. I had to throw that in because that's worthy of discussion because I've seen a few posts and it's weird that it was today about short height i'm of the opinion knees are lower that's me um i i feel like the short shorts are starting to come back and i'm a slight bit concerned i i think you're right that is kind of coming back and i think the issue when it comes to shorts is if they are getting too long and they're not like kind of anchored down in a sense they start kind of getting into the chain so that could be why, you know, we've had generations of short shorts. Yeah, could be. That could be. It's still wrong. 
<laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I've had this discussion with other people. Like, I don't like knees. So just cover up your fucking knees because I don't like to see them. It's a weird thing. Have you ever gotten your bike stolen? No. Um, Have you heard of it happening? I'm trying to think. Uh, not, not that I'm aware of, at least. Typically, I don't get too far away from my bike. And I know, I mean, we we have had some instances where guys would kind of get far from their bike, but um, it's been a chaotic enough situation. I think everyone just kind of forgets that the bikes are there. Um, but I mean, it'll happen. I, I won't be, I'd be surprised if when I retire that it's never happened. Unfortunately, dudes get cop cars stolen all the time. So I'm sure bikes will get stolen. God. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I would just be so embarrassed if that ever happened. I mean, at least a bike kind of hard to anchor that one down, but your own cruiser, like, come on. Dude, you've never heard on the radio after a foot chase, some out of breath cop going, somebody go secure my car. No, I've heard that so many times. Uh, <laughs> I, I've almost done it a few times. Um, uh, hell, I've been the one to lock the car a few times. And nice thing with the bike is it's like, okay, everything's done over here. Yeah. I'll secure your car. And I just ride over and, you know, never get out of breath. Nice. Now, uh, have you eaten dirt while uh, on bike patrol yet? Um, not on patrol, but when we did our training, we went uh, trail riding. And uh, here's a, a lesson for everyone to to learn from my mistake. If you get some air uh, going off of a you know, like a dirt ramp over a log, uh, and you see a turn coming up wait to hit the ground before you turn not while in the air makes sense that makes sense yeah that that was not a fun one is there any extra equipment that you carry in a bike that most patrol guys wouldn't even think you have um not that i could really think of uh it's all the if anything it might be slightly less equipment but it's it's like if i switch in, over into a normal uniform all my stuff just transfers over. So nothing really changes there. Um, and then we got a bag on the bike, a bag on the um, back of the bike. And that's, that's got some different like kind of odds and ends. I mean, nothing really too out of the ordinary. It's like stickers for kids. If you um, encounter any, but I'm sure cruisers have that too. Um, extra set of cuffs, uh, flex cuffs, um, safety vests, uh, but yeah, other than that, I can't really think of anything different. Um, let's see here. I'm kind of there's like a lot of good shit that's like not directly bike, but I don't want to go too crazy. So, um, let's see. Do you ever get shit from people saying you're not a real cop because you're a bike cop? Surprisingly, no. I don't. I don't recall anyone ever saying that. I mean, other than like someone asking, you know, how much it sucks being on bike, but kind of like what I said before. You know, do you want to run from a guy in foot or a guy in bike? And they sit there and realize, yeah, that makes sense. Bike's actually useful. So for bike patrol, how bad is it when it's really windy outside? Uh, it sucks. Um, especially if it's a headwind, it, it sucks. You go from, you know, you feel like you can just go like 30, 40 miles an hour. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but then you get into that headwind and feels like you can't even pedal. It's 
you might as well just walk the bike at some points. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, it does get windy up that way, I reckon. It does. So this is maybe the most important question on here. Crown Vic or 10-speed Huffy? <laughs> oh, um, well, Huffy suck in general, so obviously Crown Vic. Hell yeah, brother. So what kind of what kind of bike do you use? So the company we go through, I don't think they'd really mind being dimed out because they are primarily a police bike company, uh, Volcanic. That I don't know how many other departments they go with, but I know they're fairly popular. There, I'd name a couple of the other companies that we also have. Just we don't go through them at, anymore, but we just have them kind of in storage, just as extras. Um, because I know one of the bikes actually came out and said um, during the uh, the summer of pre- peaceful protests, they said, it's like, well, we're going to stop selling to, to uh, police departments. And yeah, I'll leave their name out. Oh, no, fucking say it. So I don't buy their shit. <laughs> well, I, if I'm if, correct, I don't want to get you in trouble if you feel uncomfortable saying it, though. Nah, it's just more. I just I think they're cowards. But if it's a company, I believe it is. It's uh, a trek. Really, let me. That sucks because uh, I think they're good, like low end bikes. Yeah, they're. I mean, I would even put them at kind of like mid tier from my experience. Oh, yeah, it has it on there. Is um, the bike brand. Oh, it says a bike brand Fuji. Is, is that okay? Hold on a second. Google your fuck. You've noticed that Google's gotten worse. Yeah, slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Cycling news. Trek response to use of police bikes used against black lives matter protesters rioters oh <laughs> uh, well apparently trek it wasn't trek apparently unless they so they're committed to a better future oh uh, my god okay. oh yeah there's a picture of cops um going at a riot line with bikes so apparently bikes are we've weaponized bikes guys <laughs> we've done it yeah, I think I'm looking at that same picture. Um, but yeah, I, I guess maybe I don't know. Fuji's like it, an affiliate, or maybe. I don't know why it talks about Trek when it's actually Fuji. But well, I, I guess I'm wrong. They didn't denounce it, but one of our companies that uh, we would go through, I guess, did denounce us or just police in general. Here we go. There's another statement. Okay, so this is Trek's statement. Uh, we recently have seen photos and video of Trek bikes that have been used by police in ways that are abhorrent and vastly different from their intended use. For the over the 25 years, we have seen police on bikes out of cruisers in an office building, <coughs> sorry, out of cruisers and offices building relationships on neighborhoods they serve. The past two weeks have turned the view of police on bikes from a community asset to a liability. A positive outcome on the recent protests is that we are starting to see a real police reform being discussed at local and national levels. We believe bikes can play a positive role by continuing to get officers out of cars and armored trucks and into the community where trust can be built. So they're basically like, well, we're going to still sell them bikes, but you know, <laughs> so right. it, yeah, they, they're just, just trying to cover their brand, I guess. But yep. Yeah. I, I I feel like what did we have? Because the, the one person on here said a Bell, a Federal, or a Whelan. I didn't know. I thought Whelan was fucking sirens. I don't fucking know. 
No, Wheeling Spikes. I think that's. Am I making that up? Uh, I've never heard of that. I've heard of Federal before. Before though. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's like millions of different kinds of bike brands out there, but. Oh yeah. So I think this is where we're gonna end it here um, for the Instagram questions. Is being a bike cop only telling transients to put their defecation back in their pockets and move along? <laughs> um, no. Uh, thankfully never had to tell them to pick up after themselves. I did have to, uh, tell some to stop trying to fornicate in a public area, but, uh, I thought this was America. <laughs> well, yeah. Just having a good time, man. Let them yeah, but just not in public. I mean, fine. I don't know where I know it's hard for them, but it, it, I know that has multiple meanings, but you know, Find some closed doors. All right. Fair enough. Buzzkill. Well, <laughs> hey, man, I uh, I appreciate you being on my uh, poorly made podcast. No pressure on this one at all. Like I said at the beginning, it's only, you know, kicking off the whole rest of the year in my livelihood. So I hope you didn't feel pressured at all. Now, uh, before I go, you know, I have a set of questions I like to ask. Hopefully I don't forget any. I've been known to do that. The first question, in your opinion, what is the best police car ever made? Well, never got to drive a Vic, unfortunately. So I know. Embarrassing! <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess it's uh, one of the downsides to being young. And, you know, I guess everybody before me crashing their Vic so that they don't last long enough. But um, I've driven the uh, Charger, Explorer, and Durango. I would say out of those or in Tahoe as well. Uh, I'd say charger is probably my favorite out of all those. Yeah. I, I'm starting to come around a little bit to the charger. I, I haven't driven any of the new, new ones. I had a patrol one that was like an 07 and I owned one. I think I was an 09, but it was like a, the one I owned was a V6. So it was a great car, but it had a lot of blind spots. So I thought as a patrol car, it could kind of suck. Oh yeah. That makes sense. But I don't, I don't know if the, they've gotten better with that. I mean, like, you look at, like, the State Patrol cars I just looked up. All of those are chargers, and they look pretty slick. So the next question I'm going to ask, which I wasn't sure if I was going to continue on, but, eh, fuck, it's poorly made. Might as well. Bob, with two O's, have you ever pooped your pants as an adult? I have not. Liar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, not that I can really think of. I've definitely had a a few close call moments of the having to struggle with getting the belt off at work, but nothing, uh, nothing, Never, nothing's up. ever hit the shorts, huh? No, nothing slipped out of the shorts. All right. All right, man. You're either uh, a liar or one of the lucky ones. Now, <laughs> the last thing I'd like to ask you today, good sir, is do you have any imparting words of wisdom for the millions of people that listen to this podcast? Well, um, well, actually, it would be probably the second to last thing because there's also the word of the day. Oh, Only fuck me. All right. Okay. <laughs> word of the day first. You got a word of the day? Right. Thanks for helping me out on my own podcast. Yeah, no problem. Um, let's see. Word of the day. Uh, what, what would be a good one? Let's go with uh, wipeout. I like that. I, I like that. There's a lot of uses you could have for wipeout. Especially if you are on bike and on ice and you end up wiping out. It's a good embarrassment story to tell. 
<gasps> yep, you know that's right. All right, now we'll uh, come back to the question I just asked. Do you have any imparting words of wisdom for the millions of people that listen to this podcast? Yeah, I would say just try to keep up with the trade um, and keep watching each other's backs. Uh, make it home at the end, end of the day. And then just overall kind of uh, try to enjoy the job as much as you can. There's going to be a lot of outside forces, but you know, try to have fun. Hell yeah, man. All right, dude. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast. And uh, yeah, dude. So <laughs> fuck, man, you fucked me up. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. So, uh, so we're back. We're back at it. Uh, new podcast will come to you every Sunday and Thursday, unless something weird happens, but that's my plan. So uh, a couple things real quick. I apologize if you've sent me messages and you're like, hey, I want to be on the podcast. I, I have a list, but it's poorly made. So I'll get to you when I can. But if you, know, if you think it's been a while, hit me up again and just make sure that you made it to my list because you don't always make the Excel spreadsheet because sometimes I'm changing a diaper when you send me a message and I forget about it. I need to hire an assistant. But in order to hire an assistant, I got to be making Joe Rogan money. So a couple ways to uh, help me out and uh, make this podcast as beautiful as possible so I don't have to get a real job is, uh, of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. So go and sign up for Office for Privacy. It's good for you and good for me. Also, uh, go buy some poorly made merch. I'm working on getting a... Uh, a couple new things. I might take some old stuff out. So if there's some old stuff you've been looking at, go buy it because it might go away. You can uh, be a monthly contributor to the podcast. There's a link at the very end of the description of the podcast. Click on that and you can uh, throw me a couple bones, keep the lights on. And of course, just uh, spread the word and let people know what's going on. With that said, I uh, hope you guys are all safe out there. Make sure you're taking care of each other. And remember, I love most of you. Bye-bye. I really should just record that. So I don't have to say it every time. That would be yeah, yeah. Yeah, surprised you haven't. <laughs>